Life presents various issues with a multitude of solutions. Having issues is easy. Getting to the solutions is hard. If you're up for a good challenge, stay tuned and welcome to Qualified Issues. Krista Galloway, and today the focus of the podcast is going to be on focus. So focus is also related to words such as attention, concentration, and in general, there's two kinds. You have hyperfocus and lack of focus. A good example of hyperfocus is something I picked up when I took one of my kiddos when they were younger to a neuropsychologist. Um, he, he was being tested for possible mild autism, and it turns out he was ADHD. And the neuropsychologist explained to me that there are two kinds of focus, and that it will look sometimes like someone has lack of focus, and really they may be having hyperfocus. So she said, imagine that you're on a speed train, and I wish I could remember this doctor's name, but I cannot. Um, But imagine you're on a speed train, and you have a huge window, and you see all this scenery going by, and then you see something that catches your attention. Maybe it's a big, huge tree that just looks out of place. That's all that you're focused on. Nothing else is really getting in. Now, of course, with ADHD, she explained that everything is still getting in. You just can't process it yet. But for this podcast um, and the purposes of our topic here, nothing else is getting in. You are hyper-focused. So ask yourself if that has ever happened to you where you are so focused on one thing that it doesn't matter if someone else is talking to you, um, if the phone is ringing, anything, because you are just zoned in on that one thing. Uh, Sometimes we might refer to people who are hyper-focused as space cadets, right? They're kind of takes a a few calls of their name to get their attention. Um, The second one, lack of focus. Um, Now, aside from having a learning issue, this example of lack of focus is, um, I think, pretty accurate. Uh, it, It relates to reading comprehension. So let's say that you're reading a paragraph in a book, whether it's just for pleasure or for work or for school, and then you realize you have no idea what the paragraph said that would be kind of lack of focus. And I say kind of because there's variables to all these things that that I talk about. But um, in general, if you have to go back and reread the same paragraph a second, third, or fourth time, um, again, aside from having a learning disability or learning disorder, such as dyslexia, um, you may just have lack of focus. Um, Some possible causes of focus issues could be a TBI, a traumatic brain injury. It could also be mental health problems such as bipolar disorder, ADHD, which is attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, uh, depression or anxiety. Uh, It could also be that you just were never, you never learned um, or you were never taught how to focus. You could have sleep issues um, anywhere from you have a newborn and you just can't get the amount of sleep that you need. Um, or maybe you naturally have something like insomnia or hypersomnia. Uh, hypersomnia is where you're sleeping too much. Um, 
it could just be stress, of course. Stress affects everybody differently, and sometimes that can affect your focus. Um, also, it could be uh, something that I read about uh, called excessive social media use. This was cited in an article by The Guardian in January 2022 titled, Your Attention Didn't Collapse, It Was Stolen. Um, the article talks about social media as one element that is, quote, destroying our ability to concentrate. The basic premise of the article is um, if you're spending excessive amounts of time on social media, flipping from one post or one video to another, you know, 30 seconds to maybe a minute or two, um, you're basically training your brain to focus for that long. So that's just something to think about. I thought it was a very interesting article, uh, really good information. So there are some benefits, though, to both kinds of focus. Obviously, the benefits of hyper-focus, um, if you are receiving instructions from somebody, you're probably going to be better uh, focused on them. Therefore, you probably will remember them more. Uh, completing a project will come easier. Hyperfocus can really help in studying for a test. So those are just a few examples. I'm sure there's more out there. The benefits of lack of focus is, number one, a brain break. Uh, in my introduction podcast, I did say that I have ADHD. And I can tell you right now that whenever I'm doing something that doesn't require focus, it is a brain break. It is wonderful. My brain is not going a million miles an hour. And there are ways to decrease your hyperfocus, and we'll get to that um, a little bit down the line here. So the other benefit of uh, lack of focus is creativity. Now, why would lack of focus allow for creativity? Well, according to ScienceDaily.com, this is in July 2022, they have an article called Children Compensate Lack of Focused Concentration Through Creativity. And the subtitle says, studies show that children find their own solutions thanks to broad focus. Uh, in the article itself, um, it says, quote, while children are often less focused and more easily distracted than adults, they are surprisingly flexible in discovering entirely new solutions. So lack of focus does have its benefits. However, how is that term paper coming? Are you done yet? You finished yet? We need to not forget that um, throughout childhood and the closer you get to adulthood, you end up with more and more time-oriented tasks. That These tasks have a deadline. And so hyper-focus is a little bit more required of us more often. The goal is to have balance and control, okay, over, over your focus issues, okay. You, so we, here we might want to decrease hyper-focus somewhat and decrease lack of focus. So we kind of want to try to meet in the middle, um, but here's a few tips for decreasing hyper-focus, basically how to let go. Sometimes hyper-focus can happen if you're just fixated on something, and that can come, again, with some personality disorders do have issues with hyper-focus um, due to fixation 
issues, rumination issues. Now, just because you have fixation or rumination does not necessarily mean you have a personality disorder. I really want to emphasize the importance of not self-diagnosing yourself and not using Google or WebMD or DuckDuckGo or Bing or any of these other things to diagnose other people. So here's some ideas on how to decrease hyperfocus. You can use tools from art therapy and music therapy, such as free drawing, or maybe you just draw a scribble and then you have to later come back to it and, well, what could that be? Okay, you're using the creative side of your brain there. Abstract painting. It doesn't have to be an apple. It doesn't have to look like a landscape. You can paint whatever you feel like painting. This, this can be very freeing. Um, you can create a genre-free, randomized playlist. I know a lot of people have favorite genres. I like all types of genres, so I do have playlists that have all kinds of genres. Um, but if you can create a genre-free playlist where you're just picking songs you enjoy, maybe it has a good beat, or maybe you like the lyrics, or maybe it's a classical piece or just an instrumental piece that really relaxes you, slows your brain down maybe, um, releases you from the fixation of hyperfocus. Those are good things. Um, free playing. If you know how to play an instrument, just play whatever notes kind of come to you. And this one I think is a super important one. It relates to self-care, but another good way to decrease hyperfocus is to allow one schedule-free day. And we will get to that um, a little bit more when we talk about like time management. Um, but let's move on and talk about decreasing lack of focus. Okay, so this would be increasing focus, all right? Uh, the first one is mindfulness. If you've ever been to therapy, you've heard the term mindfulness. I use it a lot with my clients. Be mindful, be mindful, right? You could think back to probably your grandmother or great-grandmother. Mind your manners. In other words, be aware, right? Be aware of what you're thinking, aware of how you're feeling, aware of what you're doing and how it's affecting other people and yourself. Um, so mindfulness is... As, as you can pr probably hear, I mean, if you have to focus on, um, if you have to mind your banners, back up a little bit here, if you have to mind your banners, that means you have to focus on what you are doing. Does this fit into what good manners are um, in the house that I'm in or the people that I'm uh, with right now? So mindfulness can go a long way to help with focus. And then we have meditation. Now, when I was a kid, I thought meditation meant that you had to sit in a small room with, you know, foreign instrumental music playing, scented candles, humming low to yourself. That's when I was a kid. Obviously, meditation, as we all know, is different for everybody. Some people speak, uh, chant, some people sing, some people hum, some people are completely silent. Some people have music, some people have candles. I mean, it is just so different for everybody. Um, there are two research articles here that touch on meditation. The first one is by Dr. Kathy J. Kemper and Nisha Rao, that's R-A-O, uh, their research article is titled Brief Online Focused Attention Meditation Training Immediate Impact. This is from August 2016 in Sage Journals. In their analysis of data from an online focused attention meditation training program, 
that's a mouthful, the authors found that the program, quote, is associated with improvements in relaxation, resilience, stress, affect, and flourishing, unquote. Affect is your feelings, your emotions. Now, keep in mind, the authors did point out that these are short-term results, and they really suggested in their conclusion more research to be done to determine long-term outcomes, long-term results. Um, another article in November 2020 by Hugh Hunkin, Daniel L. King, and E.N.T. Zajac, that's C-A-J-A-C, I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. This is from link.springer.com titled, EEG Neurofeedback During Focused Attention med Meditation, Effects on State Mindfulness and Meditation Experiences. So most of the article is really around this um, explaining the relationship between focus, meditation, and state mindfulness, which is basically, if you look it up, state mindfulness, mindfulness, it's being present in the here and now. It, it's being um, in, invested in where you are at the present moment. Um, so I do want to point out that the research was done with this meditation in this last article using an EEG neurofeedback headband. Um, it's supposed to help you keep your focus by using auditory cues. So if it senses that you're not maintaining your focus, it gives you an auditory cue, a sound, and that's supposed to help get you back on track. Um, the people who used the headbands, because some people in this research did not, the people who used the headbands had a better, more positive beneficial outcome than the people who did not. So like I said, meditation and mindfulness, those are just uh, two ways out of many, many ways to um, in improve your focus, decrease your lack of focus. Um, so there were three other articles I read on just other people's ideas on how to improve your focus and concentration. Um, and some of these were things I had already thought of. So you can kind of, I say that so you can get a sense of a lot of these things are very common sense, commonplace things, um, to know, well, if I do this, I'll probably improve my, my focus, attention, concentration. So the three articles I looked at, um, one was from betterup.com called improve your focus and concentration, 15 ways to build your skills. This was written by Sam Chia in February, 2021. Uh, Harvard Health um, posted an article in October 2020 called Tips to Improve Your Concentration. And Kendra Cherry, with a medical review by Dr. Rachel Goldman, writes um, seven useful tips for improving your mental focus. And this was on verywellmind.com. So what I did is I went through all these articles and wrote down all their tips. And then I realized that about a third of them were mentioned twice. Um, it looks like two of them were mentioned three times, um, and the rest were mentioned only once. So just want to kind of go through these because these are, these are really sort of good and, and you can tweak these right to, to fit what, what you might need, um, what you think you might need. And if one thing doesn't work for you, try something else, right? So the first tip was manage, reduce, or eliminate distractions. This tip was mentioned two times. Um, so we'll talk about that a little bit. Manage, reduce, or eliminate distractions. 
So I'm going to use the best example that I know of, being a mom, managing distractions, managing kids, okay? Uh, if you're working from home at all, you know that your kids can be a distraction. Uh, so managing that distraction, maybe you, uh, you put a movie on for them, right, while you have to do maybe a Zoom work meeting or something. Um, reduce... Uh, that could also be part of reducing it. Eliminating the distraction would be, you know, hiring a babysitter um, or seeing if the other parent can take them out for a few hours or whatever it is. Eliminating distractions can also include your environment. So let's go backpedal a little bit to manage, uh, manage distractions in your environment, whether we kind of already discussed people in your environment by discussing kids. You know, if you have a roommate, it'd be the same thing. Hey, are, is there any way you could clear out for like a couple hours or whatever? But sometimes you have to change your environment. So that might mean moving your room around, uh, going to a different room in your home, um, reducing uh, distractions, environmentally speaking, might be not working from home if you can. You know, maybe you need to go to the office. Um Maybe you need to go to the coffee shop to study because the to-do list on your board at home is really distracting because you're thinking, oh, I could be getting this done instead of this work stuff or school stuff. So those are just a few ways. Manage, reduce, eliminate distractions. Number two, this was only mentioned once, um, reduce multitasking. Now, I love my, my kids, okay? I have uh, two teenage boys right now at home. And for the last year, they have worked relentlessly to convince me that multitasking does not exist. So as a mom with a lot of kids, you know, of course, I, my pride puffs up and I say, no, 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 I do it every day. Uh, but really, they are correct. It's not that you're multitasking. It's just that your brain is switching from one task to another extremely fast. Um, for me with ADHD, this kind of comes naturally. Um, this is why, you know, I have to work at having the balance and control on a daily basis of my focus. So reducing multitasking, that can be a tough one because a lot of us have a lot of things to do every day and we do have multiple interruptions. Um, so you kind of have to feel around your day about how that would happen. Um, a really good example of reducing multitasking would be putting the phone on silent. Um, and if you have kids, uh, have them in another room working on homework or watching a show or playing a board game. If you have pets that can go outside, maybe they go outside. These would be things that maybe you do while you're making dinner to avoid having to answer a lot of questions, listen to barking, um, you know, having your phone ding, ding, ding all the time while you're making dinner. So that would be a good way to, one good example to reduce multitasking. Um, this next one was mentioned three times and we already really talked about it is practicing mindfulness and meditation. So I'm not really going to go into that. The fourth one is get more sleep. Now, if you're hyper, uh, hypersomniac where you're sleeping too much, um, this probably isn't a good tip for you. <laughs> if you have hypersomnia, I definitely recommend and encourage you to go see a medical doctor um, on, you know, if you do need help for that and what kind of help you would need. 
Um, but sleep in general, again, this was mentioned twice, and I don't know anybody who gets enough sleep, especially if you have kids. Um, and I recently saw a bunch of uh, memes on Facebook about uh, dogs and how dogs love to wake you up and wake you up early. So um, getting more sleep might mean going to sleep earlier. It could mean putting your devices away an hour before you go to bed, falling asleep to reading a book instead, or some peaceful sounds or music. There's a multiple, uh, multitude of ways to fall asleep that do not include devices. And I really want to emphasize that because, you know, the, the light that we talk about on these devices, I was listening to Dr. Jordan Peterson um, interview another doctor who wrote a book called iGen, and I cannot remember her name, but she made an excellent, excellent statement that I was just uh, really happy to hear about. Is that light on your devices tricks your brain into thinking that it's daytime. And so the melatonin needed to, uh, the melatonin release needed to help your brain calm down and go to sleep does not get released. So it's a really, really important thing. I, I really encourage everyone do your own research um, and do what you need to do. I know some people are on call and you have to have your devices, you know, on by your bed, that kind of thing. Um, if you're wearing a watch, a smartwatch, you know, turn it on silent, turn it on, do not disturb, whatever it is you have to do to get your sleep. That's, that is super important. So let's move on. Uh, number five was mentioned three times, and uh, this is an extremely important tip, especially for those with ADHD. Um, take a short break. This could mean switching tasks or just sitting down and doing nothing. <gasps> I know, doing nothing for some people is very scary, including myself, because I tend to want to go, 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 and I know my body doesn't always agree with that, so... Um, Switch tasks, take a break, especially if you feel yourself getting frustrated, okay? Um, frustration, maybe it leads to anger or it leads to anxiety. Neither of those help you with your focus. So take a break, a short break. Number six mentioned once, but I totally agree with this, connect with nature. Even if you're just stepping outside on the balcony of your apartment, sometimes it's super helpful to just go outside, Okay, we as human beings, I think we love to complicate things. We have very busy, very complicated lives. Do some research on uh, those, um, what are they called? Not, uh, just there's communities around the world, right? And they, 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 ha they don't have technology. Go do some research on what they do. What does their daily life look like? Because if you go outside and look at a flower, for example, you're going to see that the flower actually has a pattern to it. And it's very simple. I mean, you could get into the complicated science of it and everything, but eh, let, let's not go there quite yet, right? Um, so yeah, connect with nature. Go for a walk. This does not include watching nature shows, by the way, for those of you who are just glued to your devices. Um, number seven, play brain games such as jigsaw puzzles, Sudoku, chess. That was mentioned twice. And that is a really good way to increase your focus because those games do require focus. Um, you aren't going to win at a game of Scrabble or one of those word games if you're not focused on like the pieces that you have. 
um, and what words you can make with them. So that's a good way to increase your focus. Uh, number eight was mentioned twice as well. And I'm sure it's a word a lot of us love to hear. Exercise. Yeah, we have to get up and move our bodies. And it is really important for mental well-being, it just, just in general, you know, exercise. It's good for your mind, your body, your soul, all that stuff. Um, exercise can help sort of boost your energy, which can also help with your focus. Um, number nine, listen to music. So for me and for anybody else out there that's ADHD, listening to music, I do with pretty much everything else that I do. So if I'm cleaning, I have music on. If I'm cooking, I have music on. If I'm reading a book, maybe I have classical music on. Usually I need it silent. But if I'm working with numbers and I don't have anything to really, you know, that I have to use my comprehension skills for, I'll listen to any kind of music. If I'm outside taking a break with nature, I'll still listen to music. I'm a big music person. Um, but sometimes you need to choose music that's either going to calm you down or pump you up. It depends on the task at hand and what you need in that moment to go back and complete that task. Uh, number 10 was also mentioned twice. Eat well. So nutrition. I'm sure this is everyone's other favorite topic other than exercise, right? Is eat well. Have a healthy diet and exercise. So, of course, I'm not a nutritionist. I'm not a dietitian. And that might be somebody that you do need to go see if you feel like you are having issues um, getting your diet under control. I think it's pretty easy to say that healthy food, fruits and vegetables and other things, you know, that's what we need to be eating. Do we always eat that? No. And sometimes that's because we're too tired to cook. Sometimes it's because we're too stressed out. And sometimes it's because we're hyper-focused on another issue. <laughs> so um, eating well is super, super important. Uh, number 11. This is my favorite. It is my favorite. Um, and I, I do mention ADHD here because of the lack of focus that we all tend to have. But I, all my ADHD clients tell them the same thing. Number 11, create a daily schedule. I cannot emphasize the importance of this enough, especially if you have ADHD. Now, do yourself a favor and don't just create a daily schedule. Create a flexible daily schedule, especially if you have children or pets or extended family that lives close by. Those can all throw a monkey wrench into the machinery that is your planned day. And if you have a very rigid schedule, then those monkey wrenches are going to feel a lot more frustrating and anxiety provoking. So have a flexible schedule. Make sure you have some things in there that maybe you can do later, like you can move things around. Make sure you have some free time in there, not just for the monkey wrench moments, but for self-care and, and things like that, which um, we will talk about in a future podcast. Uh, number 12, this was mentioned twice, create space for work with something to help you focus like a lamp. A lamp does not help me focus. Maybe it helps you focus. I'm just saying it doesn't help me focus. Whatever you need to do, this goes back to your environment, manage, reduce, eliminate distractions. Okay. This is kind of talking about manage, increase, um, focus items, right? So uh, it could be a lamp. It could be music. It could be facing a desk to a different 
wall in the room. Maybe there's a window that helps you focus. Maybe the window is distracting. So maybe the desk needs to face the wall. So whatever you need to do to create space and add items that help you focus. Number 13, use a timer. This is also good for people with hyperfocus because hyperfocus, you can end up doing the task for hours and then your other tasks haven't gotten done during the day because you've spent so much time on that. So this also applies to, to hyperfocus as well. But use a timer. So let's say, um, well, I'll give you a great example. I'd say about half our kids have a reading log to do. And uh, I'm, I'm a big proponent of reading, not of reading logs, though. Um, so they, you know, we have 20 minutes a day after school where everyone's required to sit down, pick a book. We're going to read for 20 minutes. Um, that timer is really essential um, because it makes you realize you have the ability now to focus. The timer will let you know when you're done. You do not have to keep looking away from your book to check the clock or the timer because the timer will let you know when you're done. So setting a timer, that's just one example of one circumstance to use a timer. There's a lot more, I'm sure. Speaking of reading, number 14, also mentioned once, read for 30 minutes. Reading is a really, it's almost like a lost art, I think. I think everywhere I go, people are on their devices. Um, but reading an actual physical book where you have to have a bookmark or fold the page, um, where you have to turn the page with your hand, um, you know, books are super, super important and not just for studying or gathering information, but they are a way for your brain to interact with what you're reading through imagination. And even as an adult, it's important to use your imagination. Let, let your mind go with what you're reading, what does that look, setting look like that the author is describing? What do you think that character looks like? What do you think it would be like to be that character? And the last tip on here is keep practicing. Practice makes perfect. Not really, but it gets you closer. So definitely want to go with that. So the benefits of having balanced focus. Number one, it gives you the ability to utilize the kind of focus needed when you need it. Are you studying for a test? You might want to get hyper-focused, okay? So you want to increase your focus. You want to decrease lack of focus. Um, completing tasks in timely, efficient manner, okay? Increased creativity and discipline. Improved goal setting and self-awareness. And the last one here I told you, we touch on it a little bit, self-care. You need it and you are worthy of it, no matter what anyone else tells you. Have you ever heard a story of a person who has been doing things for everybody else but himself or herself and what ends up happening? They get very, very sick. The whole phrase, worked to death. Sometimes we're working ourselves to death, right? We have got to have self-care. So some important things to focus on with self-care really quickly here. And it is tied to focus because there's things to focus on. And we will dive deeper um, in the next podcast um, in, in about self-awareness into self-care. Um, but important things to focus on with self-care. Number one, defining your worth. You are worthy. You are worthy of taking care of yourself. And I'm not talking about brushing your teeth, taking a shower, washing your face. 
those are things we all have to do. Those are necessities, right? That's more healthcare to a certain extent. Um, Self-care, doing things you enjoy doing that relax you, that feel rewarding to you, okay? Uh, Number two, it's important to focus on defining your value. You are valuable, if not to anyone else, to yourself. It is okay to give yourself good things. It is okay to give yourself good things. Self-care, focusing on it, going through the podcast again if you need to, to get those tips, those different tools, interventions to help you either decrease hyper-focus, decrease lack of focus, work on getting that balance and control so that you are getting done what you need to get done and still creating time for yourself for yourself to be with other people. So that's the end of the podcast for today. Remember, a podcast is never a substitute for therapy. If you have any questions or comments, please email me at fortheloveoftherapy at gmail.com. That's fortheloveoftherapy at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. Again, I'm Carissa Galloway with Qualified Issues. Hope you'll join me next time.